New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Steve Austin. I'm reading from John chapter 11, verses 1 through 37 in the NIV version of the Bible. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days, and then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, A short while ago the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you're going back? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Mary and Martha to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called to her sister Mary. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, They followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? 
Now, a few things stuck out to me as we were meditating on this passage. Verse 25 and 26 are the key verses here in the text. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. The information in chapter 11 prior to these two verses purposefully and perfectly set the stage for Jesus to announce this incredible I am statement. I am the resurrection and the life. The verses following prove his power and victory over death as he raises Lazarus from the dead. Verse 4 tells us here that there is a much larger purpose than the one that seemed to be vying for Jesus' attention. When Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. That's the real purpose for which this event was taking place. In verse 14, he even told the disciples that for their sake, he is glad he wasn't there when he died so that they too may believe. You see, God chose to reveal himself in human form through his son, Jesus. Jesus revealed the very nature, character, and heart of God to a watching world, and each miracle he performed and each statement he made about himself was part of the revelation process that God was using to manifest himself to those Jesus came to save. With this truth in mind, let's unpack the story. Lazarus was Mary and Martha's brother. Now, this is the same Mary and Martha who spent a lot of time with Jesus throughout the Bible. So, when their brother became sick, they naturally, verse 3 said, sent word to Jesus. They said, Lord, the one you love is sick. In other words, we have a major problem and we need a major intervention. Now, as I was thinking about this, this, uh, this storyline, I couldn't help but notice that as we encounter a problem in life, we usually do the right thing by, of course, calling out on the Lord. But I also notice that sometimes I do exactly like Mary and Martha and craft the wording as I call on him in such a way to attempt to entice him to act on my behalf. So notice how they did this and how they worded the phrase, Lord, the one you love is sick. Instead of saying Lazarus is sick, they said, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, Michelle and I have two amazing kids. Ellie is 19, Eli is 16. Anytime either of them gets out of line upon telling the story to family or friends, Michelle refers to them as Steve's kid. When they do something good, of course, she speaks of them as her kid. The intent here is to say that potentially bad traits come from me and good traits come from her. She puts a slight spin on the story. In essence, I think this is exactly what they were doing with Jesus. Jesus, we need you. The one you love is sick. Therefore, you should feel obligated to respond and respond immediately. I also want to point out another interesting tidbit here. Verse 5 says that Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, yet, keyword yet, he stayed where he was for two more days before heading in their direction. So why did he stay and not immediately come to their rescue? Well, I believe it's for the same reason he doesn't come to our immediate rescue when we think that would be the best thing for him to do. 
looking through the lens of a much larger objective in play here, if he raised Lazarus from the dead after he died, right after he died, that would be a miracle in itself. But to raise him from the dead after he's been in the tomb for four days with the stench of death and rotting flesh upon him, that would turn some heads. It would also alleviate all doubt for those whose hearts were positioned to believe in Jesus as the Son of God. You see, we often need to be reminded that God has an ultimate agenda that He is working toward, and everything He gives His attention to revolves around those purposes. He is super strategic in everything He does. The feel throughout the storyline is that Jesus is not operating on the same time frame as everyone else wants Him to operate. Isn't that also what we find when we are in a tough spot? God rarely responds to my request in the way I want Him to or within the timeline that I think is best. He usually, usually teaches me life lessons in ways that I don't want to learn them and within an extended time frame that I don't ask for. Why? Because He knows best and He is working to bring the most glory to Himself out of every scenario by encouraging believers to trust Him more while offering unbelievers a real testimony of his supernatural activity in a way they recognize that what just happened could only be from God so that they would potentially be ready to put their faith in Christ as Savior. Last thing we have time to point out today. From a human perspective, it appeared that Jesus was inactive when they sent word that Lazarus was sick. Mary and Martha both almost in accusation form, said, hey, if you came Im immediately, he would still be alive. Well, here's what I'm learning in my own journey. I am learning that God's activity, as well as his perceived inactivity, is equally valuable in my life. In fact, when God is silent and or when I don't see him working, both are highly beneficial and absolutely necessary. Jesus' perceived inactivity set the stage for the more astounding miracle to occur. My own lack of being able to see the entire picture and plan that God sees and is working out is nothing more than my own misconceptions placed on Him because I perceive that He's not doing anything behind the scenes. The reality is that it is not necessary for us to identify God's activity in order for Him to remain at work behind the scenes. It is not necessary for us to make a connection between where we are, where we are headed, and what God is doing in order for the process we are in to be working for our good and for His glory. This story reminds us that when you feel as though you are in the midst of defeat, victory has already been secured. The same God who raised Lazarus from the dead is the God who brings us victory as we trust in Him to secure each win. But sometimes the victory happens on God's timeline and not ours. My encouragement to you today is to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. A couple of verses before we close. Romans 8, 11, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, 
He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 37, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Colossians 2, 89, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. So, as we approach this Easter season, let's view it from the standpoint of trusting that in every battle, Jesus already has the victory in the bag. He defeated death, Satan, sin, every struggle, affliction, and temptation we will ever face. I hope you tune in to tomorrow's podcast to finish out chapter 11 as Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.